What is up, you guys? Welcome to our welcome back, back to the to the, the podcast. podcast. Of course, you have returned and everybody for some superior content. S U P E R E I. Oh shit! You didn't finish. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're just talking about this demon that Jen summoned in my room. Oh shit! You already nah, know. No, don't don't bring that up, on me, bro. I'm Spanish. <laughs> me and Wandy were sitting here getting setting up for the episode and my phone just weird. started scrolling by itself Wandy missed it completely mm-hmm. but Jen thank you for summoning him in my room please de-summon him now <laughs> if you're listening to this I was creeped out for a bit nah but um, <laughs> to be honest with you bro I just got accepted into the um, the Harry Potter school oh yeah so I'm about to dip no way but you got this with gotta, Jamie I got you Jamie you gotta break some shit back though <laughs> A invisibility dragon. cloak or some shit. I'm pretty sure that's how they come and kill you or some shit. What, with the cloak? No, like if I take something. <laughs> you said what so? the cloak? Nah, if you have the cloak, they never <laughs> find you, the fuck. That's why you gotta take the cloak. What if I just take Harry Potter? I don't know if you're gonna find them, but you can try. You imagine. Imagine. Why doesn't the, someone who's make... that black? What happened? Why? You said he's black? Is that black? Oh, shit. Follow me. Damn it. Are there black people in Harry Potter? I don't know if I've ever seen one. Oof. Yeah, right? Rip. Maybe black people can be. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever we seen got our one in Harry Potter. December 21st, anyways. I think there might be. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you none of the main characters are black. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to see if Harry I saw Potter little kids running around. Hermione, a southern kid, Ron Weasley. Ron if anybody he might be a little no <laughs> the ginger ass yeah, black girl um yeah nobody's black in that shit nah never <laughs> <laughs> nobody the the things the you see you as a threat fuck, fuck I know what they're called come on put I the g- spell on my <laughs> <coughs> I don't know what the fuck they're what called they're say? like the phantoms or some shit those are the only black kids, the people <laughs> in the show in the movie in the movie because the phantoms are black <laughs> uh, the little go- the um, ghost shit fuck I know what they're called but I can't remember oh the uh, the something with a D no not that they're the flying things right the mentors that's the, what the mentors yes that's that what it's called the mentor. I can show you right now that it's called the mentor <laughs> wait let's check okay let's go here so let's check over Jamie here. The mentor. The mentor. Boom. Hit you with it. Oh, is there only one though, or how many? I think uh, there's a good amount. Okay. And they would do Expelliarmus, I think. It w- no. I think it was. No. Uh, expect a Patronum, they would do to get rid of the. Those shits. Yeah. <laughs> Not me remembering. Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> Were you in the. Like, uh, no, yeah. I used to watch that shit like crack, and I used I to know. read those books like crack too. Damn, you used to eat that Some shit. Of the first fat books I used to read. Yeah. Fucking um, bro. What's the other well, one? 
Imagine living a life like that. Like, God damn. Nah. Just killing everything that's coming towards well, you. Living under a staircase in the cupboard. <laughs> living under a staircase in the cupboard. That's where that's Harry lives. That's where Harry <laughs> 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 never My seen face. it. I've definitely seen it, but... Remember, he, remember, his parents died, so he went to his aunt and uncle, and they yeah. were mad mean to him, and they didn't like him because they knew he was a wizard, he was different. So they put him in under the staircase in a little cuetico that was basically a closet. Mm. Facts. I can't recall, damn. Yeah, facts. And That's they, crazy. And then he was getting the letters from to go to the wizard school. Yeah. And they, quick technical difficulties. Yeah, you know, uh, Josh uh, the Demon <laughs> is clicking our <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> no, but even um, there was That's one time crazy. where he did something, he did a... a uh, a hex on the annoying kid on their fat yeah, the yeah, kid yeah. was fat I don't remember his name but he was fat and mad annoying and he did a hex on him that he got he started inflating like a balloon like mad big and then he was like he float away yeah he started floating <laughs> away oh I think the whole family why don't family... Get fucking Willy Wonka fucking vibe <laughs> that shit was mad funny he was that's over crazy. those motherfuckers no, no that's that's a, that's crazy. crazy ass but yeah, imagine that. <laughs> that's crazy, right? <laughs> Living in fear and shit, Jesus. I mean, that that's pretty fun though. I'd rather do that. Nah, nah. nah. I'll make a podcast. What to it. get to get dropped under your fucking school, and then there'd be a three-headed snake. Three-headed fucking. You gotta fight. And then that you shit? have to fight that shit. Oh apparently, how fun? Apparently, <laughs> like what the fuck? Fucking holy shit. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that completely. Fuck you, Wilson, Willie Wilson. Can and then know. Mr. No-Nose over shit. here trying to suck you over here. Fucking. Who? <laughs> Voldemort. <laughs> No-Nose. <laughs> trying to suck your soul. The Voldemort. Suck your soul, drop. Damn, that's crazy. Damn, trying to take your soul out. Oh, my God. I'll be so tight. <laughs> Fighting that shit? <laughs> like, why are you trying to take my soul? I mean, that, I, mean I don't know. And it was mad. They made it mad complicated for no reason. Well, the bitch who wrote the book definitely just wanted money, but he had yeah. to get all the seven horcruxes and destroy them to yeah, make yeah, him yeah, weak yeah. and then kill him. Like, shut like, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, they made like, that shit a game. Who, who, <laughs> who that's it. That's it. It felt like a game when I was watching. Yeah, yeah and it was pretty cool, though, to yeah, like, because cool. it was, like, cool to be like, oh, I watched that movie, and then you remember what that, like, um, the guy that had the thing around his head, and had two faces, one on the front and the back. Yeah. And he was a horcrux, for example. Okay. And the snake was a horcrux. The snape was a horcrux. Um, the book for that he killed, that he killed something, and there was a book that was a horcrux. I don't remember all yeah. of them, but there was like a bunch of them. There were statues, there, right? No, there were like different things. Like the one was, I think one was a sword. One was the book. Oh. One was the guy. One was Snape, too. Snape. And then... I don't remember the other ones. Harry was one of... I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is Harry? Harry Potter! <laughs> he probably was. Nah. Right. Him himself. This has nothing to do with that. I'm not going to lie. Fucking... But like... Like, you know when you like... You go like... Bro, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm acting like my fucking suspect oh, here, man. Our sub. Nick the suspect. The suspect. With all the likes and Bruh, shit. The cats are probably like, yo, vote out, vote out blue, vote out blue. <laughs> Whatever, I know <laughs> what color he is. <laughs> yo, let's see what happens to this guy, though, man. Yes. Where do we end off? Uh, this is part two of this... the case of Chris Watts, I believe it's That's called. That's what it was, Chris Watts. And this is the confession now. So mm. he's going to confess to what he did. And we're going to react to this final part. So this will be fun. Ooh. 
So we hope you guys uh, are watching along with us if you are. Yeah, so make it more interesting. <laughs> Facts. You guys already know. If you don't know already from the last episode, it's the uh, Chris Watts, the con, the, uh, fuck, I don't know what it's called. the case of chris watts and it's by criminal psychology and we're on part three it's mostly about um like sound that's more important because you could hear him like you could hear the tone of his voice when it like drops and stuff like that like when he's lying mad shaking and shit like you can see him saying like these girls are insecure (laughs) (laughs) he said that shit no remember the guy the the guy who was like Typing my balls one by one. He's like, that's where I get my <laughs> dick sucked. <laughs> Ass oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> Did we react to him? Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. That dude is weird, man. Not weird. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> not yet. This is where he's going to confess. So, he just took a pot. First, he went on two news stations after he murdered his wife and kids. And looked mad fake. Didn't cry at all faked everything for mad long (laughs) talking for mad long too much detail and everything then right after that he got called into interrogation four hours after doing the two live news things they interrogated him for like three four hours and then they asked him to do a polygraph test polygraph test he failed all of them he lied on all the questions that they asked him like did you kill your wife blah 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 blah, (laughs) all that stuff and now we're up to the confession so Mm. there's the two detectives in the room with him and he's just claiming that they're asking him, you know, did, um, I think they're asking him, like, you lied on the thing, on the test, and he's like, nah, I was wrong, or, like, it was inaccurate, or some shit. Mm, he <laughs> said that, Jesus. Well, she said something Jesus. like that. He'll lie for anything. <laughs> now they let him sit on, on the, on the fucking, on the door. I lied to you on that polygraph, I promise. Chris, I'm, 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 This is a technique known as social exchange, an interpersonal persuasion strategy in which the interrogator provides the suspect with a psychological reward in return for the information they need. In this case, she's trying to convince Chris that the alleviation of mental weight is a worthy trade for a confession. She does this in a manner that protects his self-esteem by giving him appreciative reinforcements. And I appreciate that because you knew sitting down in that chair that you weren't going to pass today. And you knew I was going to find out because I told you that. And then you continued to stay knowing that you could, at the end, say, you know what? I just need to get this off my chest. Everything that I took. Nah, they're manipulating him. <laughs> some witchcraft that, in that, that bitch. takes some balls to know that you killed your wife and still take that test uh, and it's a come false. Like, just, you're, you know, just you're a hero. Like, just tell yeah. us. Just let us know. <laughs> she's, damn, she's going in for that thing. She wants that answer. She said a little That's bit That's a crazy technique, though. She almost made me tell her something. <laughs> that yeah, that shit like, definitely yeah, works. 100%. Because they feel like shit. 100% Fuck yeah. like shit. And like when something so, happens, the first thing you want to do is wanna, tell someone. Facts. Especially something like that. Like, oh, bruh, 
Especially that I mean, shit will probably help OD. Like, if you're like, I killed this person and this person, and you tell, like, every... Isn't it like that in movies where, like, they'll kill someone and they'll um, finally see the first person they say, they're like, I killed thing and I did this and I put their body here and I did this and I didn't mean to are... do it, but they killed them and they went into... <laughs> and they don't shut up. And then the person hugs them and they're like, it's okay. It's... Uh, <laughs> uh, the person's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but... Nah, I've seen Fucking white shit. people. What? Who said that? <laughs> well, Jamie, Jamie, calm down, Jamie. Right, so we're continuing. You're pink yourself. She's about to manipulate us. Yes. I told you, I cannot lie on this polygraph. I am. I don't know how much I could, I could tell you right now. Like, I did not. It's, 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 not, even, it's not even an option right now. I did not. I don't know if that shit's wrong. I don't know if you put it on the wrong finger. <laughs> but I didn't lie on that shit. That shit wrong. <laughs> That's crazy, Dave. He can't use nothing. What is he, his words aren't valuable anymore. My dude is using He's everything trying. in his yo, everything in his fanny pack. He's like, bro, I'm gonna just deny <laughs> this <laughs> shit. Deny this shit. Until bro, I funny, die. fun fact, bro. I watched fucking uh, Wonder Woman, bro. And that dude every time with the fanny pack. That movie is it? horrible. <laughs> nah, it was a, it was a story, man. That Come movie on. was fucking terrible, bro. It was, it was, when she was running, when they were in the car and she jumped out the car and, and oh, that whole scene, the fucking graphics, the CGI, terrible. When she was running, that I think that was the worst <laughs> scene like I've gliding, ever right? seen in a superhero movie ever, bro. <laughs> that shit was horrible. I uh, know, but I, I had a good storyline, I guess. But. <laughs> the storyline is it like really makes sense. 17%. <laughs> That's funny. Look at the fucking Avengers movie. The storyline trash. But look at all the graphics <laughs> and shit. All the fighting and shit. <laughs> yeah, the fighting in here was a little... Uh, what fighting? The, with the, when she was fighting the cheetah girl. Fucking it was high. Barely, right? Barely fucking bitch electrified her and that's it. Facts. <laughs> Alright, back to Chris. Facts. Confessing. All right, Chris. You did not pass the polygraph, so I know you were being deceptive. So that's not even an issue, an issue right now. The issue right now is what happened to Shanann, Bella, and Celeste. The following tactic is called the futility technique, a building block to induce a sense in a suspect that any resistance on behalf of their cause is futile due to the overwhelming evidence against them. This was obviously not the case, as polygraphs are not admissible evidence, and Chris was in fact still free to leave at this point. That's the issue right now. Chris, okay? My dude so put a lot of flaws to DR. Uh, I, know, I know you want to tell us. I, I, can, I can see it in your face. What are you looking at Holding this lie in is going to do nothing for you. I, I know this. Like, okay. I'm not, like, trying to, like, cover things up. Like, if, yeah, but you kind of are because and, and no, it's normal. This is no longer an interview to collect information. The steps of asking questions and receiving answers is over. And the interrogators are now in the process of leading the suspect into a state of mental exhaustion. The detectives will attentively watch for denials and stop them before they can be voiced. Letting the suspect deny his guilt will only increase his confidence and prolong his cerebral stamina. Normal people would do that. Normal people that make a mistake initially are going to go, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do anything. That's normal. I would expect that. That's a natural reaction that someone's going to initially lie about something like that and then eventually tell the truth. She's good so as fuck at her job. Very good. Telling the truth time. This is where this is where the rubber meets the road, Chris. Like, don't let this continue any longer, please. Uh, I'm not trying to make anything continue. Oh my god. Like, I want them back home, like. But you know they're not coming back home. You know that. I don't know in the back of my head. I'm, 
I hope they come back home. But you know they're not. Chris, Tammy and I are confused. Okay. And here's what we're confused about. I told you that we've done some work overnight. Yeah. I told you that we've got a lot of leads. Okay, that wasn't a lie. Uh -huh. We know a lot more than you think we do. The dossier technique is a variant of the futility technique, the only difference being that the detectives are far more cryptic and often deceptive about the evidence they have. This will hint at things in a vague manner for the purpose of escalating a suspect's uncertainty. Where are they? I don't know where they're at. <laughs> I, honestly, I do not know Damn, and they both where they did it. At. They both did it. If I could have my babies back home right now, and he I would. keeps talking. I want Silent them back. Right now. I want everybody back. That is the God honest truth. Although the detectives want to intensify Chris's psychological stress levels, they do not want him to become reactively agitated, as this could lead him to objecting and resisting every step of the way, and the interrogation will never get off the ground. It also significantly increases the chances of him requesting legal counsel and ending the interrogation outright. This elicits the interrogator to change approach and utilize what is known as the ego up technique, where the detective will build on the self-respect of the suspect through positive reinforcement. It is very surprising to me, and it warms my heart, that you're the type of dad who can pack a bag in the morning, and you know just what to put in there, and you know just what to put in there as a backup in case they have an accident, okay? Nice, right in there, fucking clothes. to put in there. You know what they have for breakfast, you know what they have for a snack, and a dinner, and a nighttime snack. You can tell me the book you read to your daughters, okay? I know you love them. But you weren't here today lying about something else. So we need to talk about that, okay? About you, daughter. I know. Bro, what? My dude said, hold the fight. phone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I cheated on her. Yo, he came out of left park with that shit. Real quick. And then before, he asked him, too, if he was having anything, like, any other things with said, any other girls. He said, he said no. Bro, he said, That's wait, it. I'm a stall. <laughs> he said, I'm about to stall this train real quick. <laughs> I cheated on her. He's just still digging a deeper hole. He's adding to the narrative. So not only is your wife missing, you were the last... She hasn't been seen going out the house when there was cameras. You were seen leaving your house with two bags filled with unidentified items. And then you and your mm -hmm. wife had a whole breakup discussion right before you left to work. And <laughs> you guys had a little like talk about how like, you're like, not like, going to love each other anymore. Like. And now you're going to add that you're cheating on her too. And then... The hole was the hole was almost done, but now he just kept the. <laughs> now he just has to put the dirt on top of himself. <laughs> it's a little bit back, so you guys can hear the part where he says it again. Okay. Okay. I know. He said, "I know." This is very good. I, I I saw her, took my breath away, and I never thought in a million years that could happen. I, I never felt that way about anybody, anybody in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I'm not proud of it. She accused me of it. I denied it. I, I, I cheated on her, and I felt horrible for it. Like she was pregnant, and it was. I don't want to. I didn't hurt her. You're doing a good job. This is the Chris that I knew would come out today. This is the Chris who tells the truth because you're a truth teller. So I don't rewarding think him this for girl being did anything to hurt anybody. When you leave her out of it. I'm going to get back to your wife and your daughters. 
Okay. Oh, psych. I do not know. That was what I was... He said, Whoa. I cheated on her. Whoa. He said, time to stall. And the detective said, nope. He, he picked <laughs> up a reverse right there. <laughs> he hit him with the no reverse card. He said, all right, great. I already knew you cheated on your wife. But how the fuck did you kill your wife and kids? Am <laughs> <laughs> I do Chris? I, <laughs> um, I cheated on her. Like, 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 like. <laughs> Damn. Like, like, I didn't know like oh. what I did. I know Chris. Like in the interview today, you weren't asked about infidelity. You were asked about that was I was holding back from last night. That's when you talked about today. Uh-huh. Got him, what? Here's the challenge that we have. We knew about Nikki, and so we didn't need to ask you about her in the polygraph. We just didn't need to, because we didn't, okay? And so, that's why we didn't ask you, because we already knew the answer, okay? We're very, very worried about your daughters and your wife. I am too. It should have been the happiest time of your marriage, okay? Even Shanann. This should have been the happiest time. She's making a little money. She's making good money. You're making great money. You both have a job. You have beautiful kids, you have a beautiful house, you're in Colorado, clean air, good people, okay? And on top of that, you look pretty good now. You're pretty fit, okay? This should have been a time in your marriage where you guys were happy and thriving and productive, okay? And I believe that Shanann is the reason none of that happened. This is called the how and why solution, a technique that allows the suspect to admit a lesser act and blame the victims, while at the same time minimizing the crime and motivations of his actions. I believe that she's a controlling person. Maybe doesn't listen to you as much as she should. These niggas are good. Mm -hmm. I think that she can do whatever she wants and you can't. Okay? I think if you were to go to a restaurant, she would order whatever the hell she wants. And as soon as you order a nice steak, she says, well, buddy, it's because you're a good person. And I think that she started on the path to leave the marriage. Okay. It's ironic that we're talking about you and Nikki. I think that she was the one who started on that path first. What do you think about that? I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. And the other thing I think is interesting is even though she is that type of person that's controlling, doesn't listen, does what she wants, is walking away from her kids, here you are defending her. Because to your core, you want to take care of the people you love. Okay. And that's the reason why we want to give you an opportunity today to just help us find them. Okay. Chris, right now your dad's outside. He flew across the country to help him. They call his dad, bro. You're lied to everyone you talk to. And they all bought it. Will you please help us find your babies? I want to find them. I've told you over and over, I want to find everyone. Can you understand that some of this just doesn't make sense? I was. How is it possible that a woman and two kids are just completely gone off the face of the earth? I promise you, I have nothing on my hands that's... I did nothing to those kids or her to make them vanish. 
As the interrogation goes on, the constant and relentless psychological pressure essentially puts Chris at the edge of his ability to function cognitively. It's a slow and methodical process of breaking down his resistance while maintaining a balance of pugnacious and reassuring psychological techniques. Imagine being in an interrogation. No, I'm saying imagine being in an interrogation. Man, I'll be, I feel stressed as fuck. Fuck yeah, I'll be mad like, long too. I don't fucking know. I would say, uh, can I get a donut? Also, let me get a spr- What is that? A ginger ale she's drinking? What is this? I don't. Oh damn! Now That's I can't dope. wait for you to see the video of Jeff. Damn. Maybe we could probably watch after this one. It's pretty what? quick, but oh, a little preview. It's <laughs> like that. No, it's like a. I would be video. like that too. Just but feel yeah, comfortable. The, the this motherfucker like, doesn't even want water. The cop was like, "Please talk to me." He was like, "Get me a coke and get me a butterfinger." And then the cop was like, "So are you ready to talk?" He's like, "Where's my coke?" And the cop's like, "It's coming. It's be here in like five minutes." He's like, "All right, so we'll wait till the coke gets here." I think I see that. <laughs> that shit was mad part. funny, bro. I was there. I like that dude. Hold up. <laughs> Facts, he knows, he knows how to talk. He's like, I know you want what I got. This bitch over here talking. Like, 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 <laughs> man, you fucked yourself up. There's emotional, you know, conversation with Shanann, and you're bawling and crying together, and you have not shed one tear in two days that you've been here. No. Not one. Not one. And I, help me understand that, because I don't get it. You're, these are your baby girls. And you have not shed one tear over them not being around. <laughs> they hit him with the picture. <laughs> Chris, He's I, not even I, looking I, at I, it. I lose my voice when I'm in the store for 10 seconds and I start to go panic. Panic. I have not seen any of that from you. At all. Ooh. Help me understand I, that. I love those girls. I, I would never do any of this because I haven't shed a tear. Yeah, that's weird. Is that weird? Don't don't look into that. I don't love my kids. Well, tell me, explain to me. You're you're crying with your wife that you're leaving her. Yeah. But you don't cry that your two little baby girls. I'm hoping they're still around. Some. I'm hoping they're still somewhere. He's trying to fake right now. You will see step seven of the read interrogation technique, known as the alternative question, where the suspect is given an alternative and far more morally acceptable choice for what happened. Right now, what are you thinking about? She could have 
Did you hear what he said? What she said? He said. She could have. He said she killed them, aka his wife killed the children. I feel like you cleaned up for her. They're trying to make him. I feel like that's the type of guy that you are. false information i don't think he said i killed them but <laughs> oh or she killed them he said something though i'm not too I don't sure know what, what he, said. he said but maybe she like, could have or some shot maybe she could have or something yeah. like that yeah it sounded like she could have They said though, right? Mm-hmm. They said under one condition: if you tell your dad what happened. <laughs> they fucking caught him. That's, That's what they said. How much time you need, okay? Probably gonna tell the dad. Bother the dad, bro. You can see the shock on his face. So, uh, Chris has like his head like down in his hand this whole time, and his dad doesn't talk very loud to begin with, so. At some parts, you might not be be able to hear really what they're saying, so I'll be saying the dialogue for them. So, um, I mean, you Speak could up. you could figure out what who's okay. who, because like obviously one person is like yeah. being like you know, and the other person is saying what they did. <laughs> but I'm gonna just start uh, from when the dad walked in. How much time you need? Okay. Sure. You gonna leave us in there? No. Uh, yeah. Yes. Sure. Tell us how long you've been here. The dad said, "Do you want to tell me what's going on?" He said, did you do anything?
said, I don't want to protect her. Her, aka his wife, and his dad said, well, what happened? He said she hurt them. And now Chris is saying that he killed her after. She smothered them, Chris said. He said I didn't hear anything. He said I freaked out. Those are my kids. And the dad said have mercy. And he said he saw his wife choking the younger daughter, Cece. And he said I freaked out and did the same thing to her. <laughs> Mind you, the go say what you want. So say. do you think he's lying or is he saying <laughs> that's not even a question actually? But how about if he was actually telling the truth? Well, first of all, they gave him the alternate question. So they gave mm -hmm. him that I like the guy said sometimes they want to hear what they want to hear so that they could take that and then we could move along to so getting him to say the actual yeah. thing, you know? It's easier for them to give up, you know, like, oh, I did it for a purpose or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah. But he's fucking stupid. Mind you that the dad hasn't even been in the room for more than like five minutes and he's just telling him everything, literally, as if it's still not recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows. Definitely doesn't know. Damn, he wasn't educated enough on that. <laughs> we lost it. Poor dad, bro. He's gonna smack him. Dad said, well, you gotta get a lawyer. See what we can do. I could arrange. Never finished the sentence, I guess. And now the detectives have entered Less the room. Less than 10 seconds after the mention of the word lawyer, the detectives re-enter the room and immediately reinforce Chris with non-verbal empathic communication. They immediately divert Chris's attention from the well-informed advice of his father to their own appreciative reception of his contemporary admittance. Chris, help us through this with you, okay? You can see the dad just being like, why the fuck are you talking right now? 
And he can't say nothing? He can't say nothing because it's not his interrogation. He has no place to say that or anything like that. Damn. Should not be talking right he now. He said a lawyer and they came in pretty quick. I knew, he, I knew they were going to come in. Once he said lawyer, you already heard the door. <laughs> That's insane. Although not the full avowal they are pursuing, Chris has still confessed partly to the crimes, and they now have one foot in the door. He is no longer free to leave. The interrogation now returns to a non-suggestive process, where the detectives will collect further information, where they will not contaminate with excessive or direct input. He said, I have no idea what to do. They're at the first location I went to that day. I didn't know what to do. said what's going to happen. Dad believes him. You think his dad believes him? I guess. <laughs> oh, do, oh, you think the detectives told him? No, no, not tonight. Not tonight. So maybe tomorrow night. Oh, the, the, they were going to let him go? No, the, the, what? No, he confessed. 
That XF is gonna be on the news. Clock be hitting. Yeah, that clock be dumb. says no. information of Chris's version of events is gathered, he is now locked into an alibi and timeline of affairs <laughs> that forensics will subsequently examine and dissect in ways so they can use it against him. The tone of the interrogation then reverts back from information gathering to a confrontational nature. So Chris, you've been doing this job for a long time. I know. I, uh, I know a lot of about psychology and as far as like what people are thinking. Most parents will never even want to fathom that their kid, their kid is dead. Even if their kid's stiff, blue in bed, I mean, stiff like been dead all night, they still call an ambulance to see if someone can revive their child. And they, when the ambulance get the, gets there, and they're like, gosh, their kid's been dead all night, like there's nothing we can do. And the parents are like, what are you, why are you not doing something? What are you talking about? So that's what I'm, that's what we're used to. So I just that's what I want you to explain to me, like what was going on in your head and where you left off for what she was, what she did. It just took over. I just I would hate for Shanann to get a bad rap if she didn't have anything to do with it. You know, it's not fair. I don't care. There is no technical term for this approach, yet it's a clear attempt by the detective to interconnect to the suspect's sense of morality, which is always under the assumption that they have any. Like enough bad stuff has happened, like we need to stop the bad stuff from happening. So you want to tell the truth? That is, that is the truth. So you're good with the public knowing that Shanann killed her daughters? I did not hurt these girls. Are you okay with the public knowing that Shanann killed her Yes, because I did not hurt these girls.
So, so what did it say? Extend what? Uh, hold up. Let me, let me get that back. And I think that you killed these girls. So he says, he just tells them that I don't think the story is true that Shanann killed the kids and then you killed her. I think that you killed all of them. Yeah, yeah, And he's going to deny it, I believe, after. But he pleaded guilty to these exact allegations two months later. Damn. <laughs> this guy. Before their mom came home and then killed Shanann. That's what we're kind of left. That's what we have to believe because it just doesn't make sense. I mean, to her point... So I walked in and my kid was decapitated, I call an ambulance, mm -hmm. right? So Knowing there's no hope. It just, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add up. So either you're this monster, yeah. you know, I just want this young, hot girlfriend, so I'm going to kill everyone and hope it works out, or something. So I think we're very, very close to the truth, but not quite there yet. So if you're not that monster, I'm not a monster. So what's going to happen when your cause of death comes back to you for the girl? Oh, so I guess oh, I didn't even know. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you sure? Wait, let me hear what you said again. So what's going to happen when your cause of death comes back to you for the girl? She's not going to. Okay. You sure? I'm 100% positive it's not going to come back to me. And what happens when a coroner looks... He said, what are you going to do when the cause of death comes back? And he said, that's not going to come back to me. What does he mean, cause of death? Like, uh, why they why they died. Oh. They could check that. Yeah, the yeah, autopsy. okay. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's saying that you swear you don't kill the... Because the, they could see... If Shanann strangled the girls, they're going to have things. And yeah. if Shanann did okay. it, her hands are a certain size. Mm -hmm. Her fingers are shaped a certain way. And with that strength, it leaves your fingerprints on their neck. Mm -hmm. All of that would be on the girls. But it wasn't the girls. And his hands are huge. His fingers Fast. are different. Like, everything Man, is different. So I want to see that. That's going to be... That dude in the back, he's easy. strategizing, though. That's that's cool how they do it. Because uh, he's bringing in the, 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 the part that he actually killed them. But she was doing the other technique where she was saying... Good you know, cop, he, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah, and they switch sometimes. Like, sometimes you see her fine. going in and he's like, you're a good dad, you know? Like, and then they switch real quick. So he's not confused. He's like, Jesus. I don't know who's on my team. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. I want to be in charge. Wow. He said, not going to be my fingerprints. It's going to be Shanann. Why take their bodies out of the house and bury them? I was scared. I didn't know what else to do. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing was gonna, I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So I honestly didn't know what to do. Scared of what? Scared of what everything was gonna look like. There's, my two babies were gone. And I, I just did that to my wife. And I was the only one left in the house. What do you expect to happen? Yeah. It did look bad, right? It looked, I mean, this was a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday when you were talking, um, and again, this is before we kind of got to this um, moment today, you mentioned that um, we were talking, you said, I don't know where they are, I don't know where they are, and then you said something along the lines of, whatever happened to them is active pure evil. What did that mean? Is this 
to evil that I saw when I walked by him, she had him, she was on top of CC. And then I felt evil spreading this man. Interrogation was a true testimony of how mental fatigue can restructure an individual's cognitive rationale. Chris maintained his innocence even after the failed polygraph, and if he had kept that stance, he would have walked out of that police department as a free man for at least another night. Yet, after a prolonged state of isolation, anxiety, and fear, coupled with the cerebral influencing tactics of the interrogators, the alleviation of getting out of that situation was in that moment perceived as enough of a luxury to exchange his freedom for it. Chris, please stand up for me. I'm going to have you face that wall. Lift up your hands. He's gone. Oh, oh okay. That's it. Damn, so that's it. They caught him. Yeah, they caught him. They just said, turn your back. (laughs) Damn. Wait. He could have gone free. Could have took a flight to where, Fufu? DR? (laughs) Damn. That's crazy, though. Like, this is where they found the bodies. He still didn't confess. Oh, yeah? They still have it? Oh, my God. Jesus. Where he put the, he just dig the, he uh put them in holes? I think they say. They'll say. Oh. No way. Oh, I might not say. Yeah. He put he put the girls in the oil tanks and then he How buried his what wife the right there. I have no idea. Wow. Yeah. And then he buried his wife. Pure evil, bro. Jesus Christ. I don't know if this shit's lagging or playing. (laughs) It's playing. But it's like going that slow. That's what he dug Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he dug it. Fucking dumbass. Should have just put her in the tank, too. And then like this one, they found it. Was that a blanket? Uh, um, like a thing. Uh, garbage bags. Dumbass. Put in the worst spot possible. Worst spot. Damn, that's take those poor girls out of there. Jesus. Well, 
That's the case of how he killed his wife. And then he did get, um... I believe he's in jail now. He definitely see. is. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> his sentence was, uh... The judge sentenced Chris Watts to three consecutive sentences of life in prison with no possibility for parole. He was also sentenced up to 48 years for the unlawful termination of pregnancy, which will run consecutively with the three life sentences. So, basically, Jesus. he got 346 years in jail. Lifetime. <laughs> That's what he gets. He's going to think about that fucking lie. <laughs> Sounds about right. All the fucking, all the, uh, what, what are they called? Just inmates, said, all the inmates, he's about to lie to them too. <laughs> nah, they probably raped his ass when they, they heard what he did. fucked them up. When they heard what, because they asked, you know, what'd you do? Yeah. They definitely fucking. He's definitely gonna lie about that. Most people are like, like oh, so crack does that. They're like, if he says what he, bro. If he says what he says, like, bro, fuck. They will fuck him up. They will fuck him up. They'll fuck him up. They, they, he doesn't even have to say. They know who he they is. They already know. They know who he is. Facts. Facts. But we'll be right back after this break. Oh, shit. And we, we are... Back. back. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> got you. <laughs> Make sure you guys go to Dike at DikeMerch.com DK and use code New Year's Ooh. for 30%, 30% off your purchase. A uh, little New Year's gift for you guys. Oh, whatever yeah. you want to grab for yourself. That's only temporary. So make sure you goes, go, goes, goes. guys go grab that goes. quick. Uh, also throwing in the Patreon one here Ooh. real quick because there's Ooh. almost the end of the episode. Yes. <laughs> if you guys don't already know, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and get episodes two weeks before they release ad-free and you can download them to your phone and keep Ooh. them forever and Ooh. have them played at your funeral or whatever you oh, want. Yes. But we're just going to watch The Legend of Jeff because I want to The Legend to of Jeff, we're going to fit it in here. Difficulties technical, you already know. Rojo getting over here, fucking it up. Rojo, but um, yeah, we're just gonna watch the one of Jeff real quick because it's actually a really funny um okay, interrogation. I don't think his name's actually Jeff. Maybe it is. Maybe. I don't remember. But like, probably lied. That's all they know. His name is. <laughs> Am I under arrest? I'm for now. I'm under arrest? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain everything, but before I talk, before I explain myself to you, before we, we talk to each other, I need to read your rights, okay? What am I under arrest for? Well, like I said, I need to read your rights first. Obviously, the charge is robbery, okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain everything. I'm under you. arrest for robbery? You are, but let me read your rights real quick, okay? And then I'll explain it all to you. Is that okay? Mm. Let me do that real fast. Mm. All right, Jeff. Mm. Can you read with me? Just read in your head, okay? Before we ask you any questions, you must understand that, what your rights are. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can will be used against you in the court of law. Does that make sense? You've probably heard these before, haven't you? Does that make sense? Do you understand your rights? Do you understand your rights, Jeff? Yes or no? Do you understand? Do you understand what I read you? Do you comprehend what I read you? Jeff, I'm just here to talk to you and figure out what happened and move you on out of here at least some of it. So you understand the rights I read to you. If you got something that says you didn't do this robbery, this is your chance to talk to us. <laughs> oh, what did you do? Is that playing good job? I'm the prick. You look like the prick. <laughs> <laughs> This is Jeff. 
Jeff. Jeff is a heroin addict and has been for the last 14 years. He is six foot five, weighs 153 pounds, and has now found himself in the unfortunate circumstance of being charged with armed robbery. This is in the state of Georgia, so if found guilty, they will render him the minimum term of 10 years without parole, up to the maximum term of life in prison. Jeff has been through the system multiple times over, and he will know that if indeed found guilty, his sentence will be considerably longer than the minimum 10 years due to his previous convictions. Hmm. Jeff, do you understand your rights? Yes or no? I'm not asking if you want to talk to me at this that point. Can't catch me if I don't accept I mean those rights. Uh, so am I under arrest? Yes, you're under arrest. I'm getting back to the cell. I don't talk to you, motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half hours later. Yeah. They brought him back? Yeah, they brought him a good time. You gonna be able to pop it open or you need me to? Jeff has become somewhat of a cult figure in the domain of interrogation footage. His recognition seems to have grown through his own popularity, as opposed to the notoriety of his crimes, like most others. Conveying the exact reasoning behind this can be tricky, as the interest in this character will no doubt vary by the individual. Yet we found the most collective reason can be explained through a single pop culture reference. The anti-hero. While the concept is timeless, the actual term was created through the realm of modern cinema. There's a diverse number of characters passing through the decades that fit the criteria. Yet perhaps the most textbook example could be the protagonist from the 2003 feature Bad Santa, a middle-aged man simply known as Willie. You're this is a character mm -hmm. that lies, cheats, steals, swears at children, drinks an inconceivable amount of alcohol, and is generally extremely unpleasant to every single person he comes across. Let's tell what you want for Christmas. I'm on my fucking lunch break, okay? On paper, this is an extremely unlikable individual. Yet for some reason, we root for him while following his story. Which begs the question, why? Anti-heroes are flawed, as are we. Their moral complexity mirrors our own. And just like us, they are learning and growing as they move along the path of life. Their mistakes make us think of our mistakes. And perhaps the reason we root for their redemption is the reflection of ourselves rooting for our own. So you might be curious about the contrast between the anti-hero and the villain. One we embrace and relate to, while the other we despise and detach from. Both are driven by selfish motivations, yet our emotional response differs between them. The reason for this, while not necessarily obvious, is a relatively simple formula. The anti-hero must have a glimmer of humanity alongside a noticeable vulnerability. This is what allows the viewer to truly connect with a character. It allows us to forgive them when they are unethical, but admire them when they are noble. It allows them to be angry, cowardly, and greedy, but also cheerful, brave, and empathetic. Who the fuck is Thurman? Is that you? Is your name Thurman? Yeah. Thurman Merman? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Unlike the clean-cut, one-dimensional hero of mainstream culture, an anti-hero is not only more realistic, but far more likely to resonate with a the viewer. They resemble ourselves, and remind us not only of the ambiguous morality of existence, but also the possibility of redemptive change. 
With relation to Jeff, while many of us can't relate to the feeling of being addicted to heroin for well over a decade, we can certainly understand the feeling of sadness. While we may not be able to put ourselves directly in the shoes of an addict, we can somewhat relate to the adversity that comes with it, not to mention the incredible magnitude of the situation he is going through in this video. How he responds to this very moment is quite literally the precursor to his entire future. He is at a crossroad moment in life, where on one side is the possibility of hope, and on the other side is the outright guarantee of despair. The long-term path he goes down will be the consequences of the short-term choices he makes, all of which have to be judged and decided on while going through the early stages of heroin withdrawal. I need methadone. You need methadone? I don't have any. Do you have medication for it? or I mean, a prescription for it? Or? No. What do you need methadone for? I'm a fucking junkie, and you guys, I can't sleep no methadone. I'm going to go through withdrawal here in a minute. Where do you usually get your methadone from? I don't get it. I get heroin. How long you been using heroin? Long time, buddy. Sometimes the manner in which words are spoken can convey far more than the actual words themselves. The admixture of pain, regret, and acceptance in his voice is not only palpable, but harrowing. It brings us back to the essential components of the anti-hero. He has the singular desire to accomplish his goal, to which the end justifies all means. Yet this desire stems from the scars of vulnerability, and there are few vulnerabilities more crippling than the relentless burden of addiction. What are you trying to talk to me about here? Talk to you about what happened last night. Look, here's the deal. Either you're in a bad, bad set of circumstances or you went and committed an armed robbery last night. Yeah, right? I'm in a shitty, uh, wrong place at the wrong time, obviously. I didn't commit no fucking armed robbery. All right, then let's talk about this. Let's, let's I don't, not have nothing, I don't talk to the police, man. I think it's in your best interest to. How? I don't you're, talk you're to the police. Here, okay. I've been through the system, but I know, I know you works. have. I know you have. You're not my friend. I'm not your friend. You're trying to fucking get me. Or you're no, trying I'm not to, trying to get All you. you're trying to get is some fucking stupid ass fucking confession, and you're not going to get one. Jeff, I'm not going to get a confession out of you for nothing. Exactly, because and I didn't I'm do nothing. I'm not trying to get a confession out of you. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I ain't committing no armed robbery. And y'all ain't got no fucking evidence saying I did. Let me go. All you did is find me sitting in my buddy's house because my fucking buddy's dog's going ape shit. I go outside. There are cops everywhere. And they spotlight me. They say, come here. I say, what's up? They search me. They ain't find nothing. What's Let up? Let me read this. No. Because yes. I'm not going to sign it. You don't have to sign it. But let me read it for you. Okay? I'm not signing nothing. You don't have to sign it. Let me read it. You already read it to me earlier. I know we did, but I'm going to read it to you again. Thanks for the help. You're welcome. Before we <laughs> ask any questions, you must understand what your rights are. And here we have our glimmer of humanity. It may seem like a non-essential moment, yet sometimes the smaller things can reveal the most. Jeff extends his gratitude and recognition of the small favor the detective has done for him. There is no return benefit for Jeff giving thanks to his adversary, meaning there is an element of selflessness and grace in the act. There may be considerable emphasis on the glimmer of humanity here, but all we need is a glimmer to know that it's at least in there. Yeah, the right to remain silent. If you cannot afford a lawyer and want one, a lawyer will be provided for you. If you decide to answer questions now without a lawyer present, you will still have the right to stop answering questions at any time. You also have the right to stop answering at any time until you talk to a lawyer. Do you understand the rights I've explained to you? No. Hi. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell me what happened last night. 
Plain and simple. Your your side of the story. I'm not talking to you. I'm warning you. Uh, all right. This is what I, I, I don't understand. I, I know, but this is what I don't understand, well, Jeff. You were sitting there talking just like you were ready to sit here and tell me what happened <laughs> last night. And then that all cop of a sudden, is like, I got you a fucking coke. I, I don't understand that. What, what Cause changed? Because I, cause I, I told you what I already told you what happened. You didn't. How didn't I? You didn't tell me what happened last night. How didn't but, I just tell you what happened? But now you <laughs> handcuffed me, and I can't talk to you because you asked for an well, attorney. Right. So, okay, that's fine. But... I will tell you right now, you're still on a hold for a robbery. I know. I don't know why. I need a fucking lawyer because, uh, obviously, I didn't do nothing. And, obviously, you guys know I didn't do nothing because he I've like been Jeffrey. arrested <laughs> for Yo, the same ass, bro. bullshit. <laughs> he was talking like Jeffrey, too. You me this much, so... Wham bam, thank you for the coke. Put me back in the cell. <laughs> you know what he said? What is it? Wham bam, thank you for the coke. Put me back in the cell. <laughs> and now we're at five hours later. Jesus. Alright. I know we did this twice, but I gotta do it again every time, okay? Before I ask you questions, I gotta read your eyes. You understand that? Okay. Go ahead and sign there. Let me take your gaff off. Look, I'm not signing that. Okay, sign. you don't have to sign there. You understand your eyes, though, right? That's all I need. A verbal yes? Yeah. Yeah. Or is that just a fairy tale? It's coming. He can get there right now. It'll be here in about two minutes. Let's watch the sewer machine. Uh, it tastes good. Mm hmm. He drinks it like Jeffrey, <laughs> too. <laughs> Stop playing, bro. I have enough evidence of the armed robbery, okay? But, you know, if, if you're saying you didn't do it, you need to give me your side of the story. I didn't do it. Okay, well, give me your side of the story. You got to, I mean, convince me. Because I got a lot of evidence. I got a lot of physical evidence. Well, like what? Maybe well, I don't need to, I, why should I tell you that? I mean, you haven't been, you haven't been helpful to me at all. And you don't... I don't believe that you got any evidence. No, there, no. There's only a couple pieces of evidence I'm missing. Name them. What's that? Name them. Well, why, why would you do that? <laughs> you haven't helped me out a lot. You give me a little bit, I give you a little bit. We go back and forth. I give you one of my pieces of evidence, now give me a little something. Alright? What time do you get over to Aaron's house? The detective downplayed the magnitude of the question to a considerable degree. He stated that it was a little something, when in reality, establishing a timeline alongside a destination can be a crucial and sometimes decisive piece of evidence. If a suspect locks himself into a specific place at a specific time, it can be used to refute a multitude of amendments he might come up with at a later stage. A single piece of admission such as this essentially has a butterfly effect on a suspect's leverage in a case, and although seemingly insignificant, this was a crucial moment during the interrogation. The suspect at this point in time has given nothing away, and this was the detective's attempt at turning the table. You give me a little bit, I give you a little bit. We go back and forth. I give you one of my pieces of evidence, now give me a little something. Alright? What time do you get over to Aaron's house? No, no, anything I say here can and will be used against me. Sure, but anything you say here, I can also tell your your, your parole officer that you helped me out. That doesn't mean dick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. There's no way. How drunk were you? 
Were you drunk? No, I was pretty sober. So you're in your right mind. You remember everything about the night, right? <clears throat> so you couldn't have done something not remembered. You couldn't have gone and robbed the place and not remembered? Fuck, no. Okay, so you would remember if you robbed the place. Yeah. You asked me to bring you up here. I, I mean, I was done talking to you. If you want, I mean, why don't we just talk about the gun? Let's start there. Okay? I don't fucking have a gun or own a gun. Okay. I, I don't think you do. I, I, I know you don't own one. Okay. But I didn't know where that gun came from. I don't have... What the fuck are you talking about? The gun you were sitting on. I was sitting on... Body language analysis can never be given full credibility, yet this would be the most telling moment if one were to use it. The subject of the gun used in the armed robbery has been brought up in the discussion, and when inquired over the gun he was sitting on, the suspect brings forward his posture, maintains eye contact, and responds to the question in a forceful manner. It displays both confidence and conviction in the declamation. One could assume the suspect genuinely has no idea what the detective was referring to in this moment. However, in the next moment, the detective will clarify with the words, the gun over at Aaron's house, at which point the suspect will reset his posture, break eye contact, and lower the tonality and emphasis in his dialogue. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Over at Aaron's house. I don't know what you're talking about. Aaron says what? I don't know what you're talking about. Compared to the gun he was sitting on, it would appear the suspect knows exactly what the gun over at Aaron's house was referring to. Yet whether it be for the purpose of not incriminating himself or for the purpose of not incriminating his friend, the suspect does the smartest thing and refuses to continue the conversation. Like I said, you give me a little, I'll give you a little. I, I got a lot more I can tell you about the whole thing, but you got to help me out too. So I'm willing to go to the prosecutor, I'm willing to go to the parole officer and say, this guy's a good guy, he helped me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you don't want to go back to jail, right? Back to prison? Could you give a little oh, talk? Fuck. It looks like I am, if, if and you're going to charge me with some bogus shit. You guys don't, I mean, what What do you got, really? That That's I was at a buddy's house and I happened to come outside because you guys were fucking swarming the area and they which fucking... Door, which door did you come out of? I came out of the uh, front door. You know what? I'm not saying that, no, man. I'm done, man. <laughs> Fuck this. The only reason I came up here is to get a fucking coke. Okay. You're not getting out. I know. I can't finish it. You can finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I got things to do. Butterfinger, you can promise. I didn't promise you that. I said we'd see what happens. <laughs> all right? Like I said, you haven't helped me out at all. Why should I help you out? I got you a soda. That's good enough. Jeff was released from custody just under 12 hours later. And that takes us to the final and perhaps the most important component of an anti-hero, the conclusion, which unfortunately in this particular case is unknown. The final outcome of this story will vary depending on the source. Some with a happy ending, others a cautionary tale. One legend has it that Jeff got clean soon after his release and now works in the corporate marketing team for Coca-Cola, while another states that he was picked oh, up the day after for the same charge and is now facing down a 15-year sentence in Georgia State Prison. If we go by the Hollywood formula, an anti-hero's actions throughout the course of their life are so drastic and single-minded that they only ever lead to salvation or destruction, and their final decision is always dictated by what they have learned and how they have changed throughout the course of the story. The paradox here is that we don't even need the theme of imprisonment to mold the outcome of this particular story, as the theme of addiction is more than enough.
Whether he goes to prison or not, Jeff will either manage to get clean and rebuild his life, or he won't. He is headed for salvation or destruction no matter what. And that single concept can perhaps define Jeff as an anti-hero. His outcome is a mystery, but either way it goes, it most certainly conforms to the anti-hero's ending. Oh shit, Jeff, you got... Oh. You're bringing my present early? No. But I never told you where I wanted. I said I didn't bring it, dipshit. Okay, good. I want a stuffed elephant. A pink one. Well, wish in one hand, shit in the other one. See which one fills up first. Bro. Wow. They got nothing out of my boy. Damn. Damn. Jeff's so straight. Jeff, man. He said, I ain't giving a shit. Out. <laughs> he said, what door you came out of? He said, the front. You know <laughs> what, man? I ain't telling <laughs> you shit. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> Damn. They, 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 they be getting you with those fucking questions. Because they do it quick. Yeah. Yeah, they throw it quick. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> And also, when you get hit with a question, I feel like your brain is like, answer it. Yeah, so right. Like you're kind of like, because you've always answered shit. Fuck. Like, <laughs> I ain't telling you. <laughs> Where's my butterfinger? I ain't telling yeah, you. They nothing. never got. They never <laughs> got him his butterfinger, man. Where my cousin? What? Uh, <laughs> and um, I don't know. He probably got after he got out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's funny as fuck, though. That's interesting. Uh, not the Chris Watts story of him killing his uh wife and kids, but um. No, not Close. that one. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Only Jeff. Fuck Only that Jeff. dude. That dude yeah, sucked, that dude. Alright, I'm about to hit you guys with uh, <laughs> the fun facts of the day. Ooh, fun facts? First up, we have thought of the day. If you have to You're live... About over there. My fault. If you want to live a happy life, tie it to a goal, not to people or things. Albert Einstein. Ooh. I like that. Okay. Joke of the day, what gets wetter the more it dries? The what gets wetter the more it dries. A towel. Ah, uh, you, you homie. <laughs> and if you guys are listening to this, make sure you guys go and buy and pick up some. Uh, no, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Random uh, fact of yeah. the day, at any given moment, there are approximately 2,000 thunderstorms happening on Earth. That's pretty fucking crazy. No, wait, what, what, what? At any given moment, there are approximately 2,000 thunderstorms happening on Earth. Damn. That's why. On Earth. That's crazy. And then last, would you rather live in a mansion, mm. in the city, mm. or on a farm mm. with a lot of animals? Ooh. A mansion, why not? A farm. Oh, you want you want animals? And stuff? Can I have a mansion farm? Yeah. Is that an option? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft. Look at Minecraft. <laughs> and uh, don't forget this fact of the day. Actually, <laughs> this is interesting. Actually, because um, I've never seen any other animal killed each other, its own species. I've seen, but shut up. If humans <laughs> killed each other at the same time, at the same rate that they killed animals. We would be extinct in 17 days. 17 days. So we'd be killing... Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. We'd be killing everything. Fish, chicken, you know how much, salmon. how many of us there is? But do you know how much shit we kill? Too much shit. Fish. Everything. Dogs. Cats. Rabbits. Birds. Squirrels. Chill. Horses. Cows. There's more animals than us, bro. So, wait. If an animal kills an animal, do they get, like... 
do like detective animals come nah. out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, animal they get away with it. What the fuck? We have a hard we don't issue. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Probably talking to each other and shit. Alright, well yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Think of the Podcast. Think of the podcast, guys. Make sure you guys make, listen make to sure. the other episodes. Yes. If you are listening to this right now, you've been chosen. Ooh. Your challenge for today is to go listen to every episode in one day. Whoa. You, you're capable. Whoa. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking time. But um, check out Think of the One About Doing Crack on Accident. Interesting. <laughs> think of the One About Salsa Picante. Funny. Think of the One About School. Hilarious. Yes. Think of the One About How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse. In, in case you need protection. Yes. Anything. Knowledge. <laughs> All right. Boom. Peace out.